let's take a look back at the beauty community circa October, November, and December 2019. There weren't that many beauty releases at the end of 2019, but we did get new products from Clear Beauty, Tati Beauty, and Kesha Beauty. I'm Honey Marie, and welcome back to the Beauty Buzz Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome back. Today we'll take a look at the beauty community from the last three months of 2019. So October, November, and December. Plus I'll give my thoughts on what we learned about the beauty community in 2019, as well as the best and worst release of that year. So let's get started. There weren't that many beauty launches at the end of the year 2019. We saw a Released in October from Huda Beauty, that's when she started the nude collection eyeshadow palettes. These are nine pan palettes that were sold on Huda Beauty's website and at Sephora. Uh, really beautiful uh, four sets or four different palettes uh, based on a different nude tone. So there was one for fair nude tones all the way to deep nude tones. And the idea was that uh, the collection could celebrate nude from different shade ranges. These palettes were well loved by the beauty community. I still see beauty lovers use these palettes all the time, even in 2020. And I think this was a really uh, well liked launch. I also saw that even though the marketing was about nude and nude in every shade, many beauty lovers got more than one of the eyeshadow palettes. And so it wasn't really one of those things where you had to stick to whatever your range was, whether you were a medium tone nude or a deep nude. The The shadows were really nicely formulated so they could show up on a lot of different skin tones. I saw beauty uh, YouTubers who were of deeper skin tones use the lightest palette. And I saw the opposite, you know, fairer toned uh, YouTubers use the deepest shadow palettes and it really was an overall like great launch i think this also was the start of when we started to see the return of nine nine pan palettes i'm so happy about nine pan eyeshadow palettes coming back into popularity even though the the huda beauty um nude palettes were actually quite small but still i would rather have nine pan palettes that are smaller that you could throw in a smaller makeup bag that you could travel with and um, really use versus say, I think 2017, 2018, there was a lot of focus on these huge palettes, uh, Morphe sized 40 shade palettes or 30 shade palettes that were just ginormous. It was great to have, it's great to have color options, but they are not um, user friendly in terms of like travel and also just keeping it in whatever space you have a lot of beauty lovers myself included do not have space i don't have like an entire dedicated space to have large pan palettes you know in a drawer or on top of a counter or you know i don't have a completely dedicated beauty space so it's really not realistic for me to use huge palettes and as a matter of fact most of the time if there, there if there is a palette that i get that has a lot of shades i usually break it down um, into smaller um magnetic palettes i would say z palettes but honey we know we don't mess with z palette no more so you know depan those depot i think the term is depot so you so i would depot them anyway let me move on Tati Beauty also came out with her first launch, which was the textured, textured Neutrals palette. This is a beautiful palette. It's funny because 
I we, we haven't heard very much from Tati Beauty in 2020. Um, I don't want to allude to starting the next year and looking back on those launches because I will start very soon um, talking about what launches happened in 2020. But I will say she did release uh, one. She did have one launch in 2020, but we haven't seen very much. But this palette was very popular, very well loved, you know, all of the reviews that I saw on social media, on YouTube, were that the palettes were easy to use, blendable, pigmented, you know, they looked great. It's, it's almost a shame that Tati Beauty has not come out with more products considering the first launch was such a strong launch. Um, in 2020, she did release a more, I guess I would say a more beauty product. It wasn't a um, color cosmetic product. She also has Halo Beauty, which is a, a vitamin supplement brand. And I believe she did a launch with that brand in 2020, but um, she should come back with something that, you know, maybe sort of a companion piece to that textured neutrals palette, some sort of like textured color palette or something like that. That would be really well liked by the community, I think. So we'll see. Maybe she'll come back with something or, you know, maybe not. But that was October, the Huda Beauty Nude Collection launch and the Tati Beauty Textured Neutrals Palette. Funny enough, in November of 2019, we really only see one major launch, which is the Jeffree Star Shane Dawson Collection. I don't know what else to say about it. It was popular. People loved it. There was reboots, restocks. There was, um, I believe, merch launched as well. It was really the talk of the town, and now it's not. Moving on. December 2019, and really, I would say at the forefront of, of the start of celebrity makeup beauty launches is Kesha Rose Beauty. Now, although she's not the first celebrity to release a makeup brand by any means, I it wasn't until the Kesha launch that I felt, oh man, this is going to be something. We're going to see a lot of this because if if a celebrity like Kesha is releasing a makeup brand, I just felt like the cavalry was coming behind her. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I thought that if she's doing it, there must be something happening. And as we know, looking into the future in 2020, we, we know that celebrity makeup lines was major in 2020 but anyway Kesha Rose Beauty launched with a palette um, lipsticks eyeliners glosses they were all made available December 3rd I did not see a lot of buzz around this collection in terms of YouTube and social media which is where I usually see hype around a product release or a brand release didn't see a lot of it I honestly don't even remember watching any one video from a beauty YouTuber about this collection. I think that some beauty, some influencer and celebrity collections are really just geared towards their fan base and maybe not necessarily um, marketed to or meant to be uh, reachable beyond that. I, I Unless... The caveat to that is unless that 
influencer or celebrity brand is going to be made available at um, a mass location. Like if it's going to be a Sephora exclusive or whether it's coming to Target or something like that, I think you can pick up some fandom and some, you know, um, interest there. But otherwise, I think the whole Kesha Rose Beauty brand is really going to be towards her going, is going to be marketed towards her her fans and will probably be um liked by her fans but it didn't seem to resonate too much in the regular beauty space so i don't want to make this podcast too long because there's so many other things that we could be talking about it's already 2020 and i want to we're already at the end of 2020 as i'm recording this so there's so much to talk about starting in 2020 was a huge year for beauty it was a huge disastrous year for many of our personal lives but i do want to reflect on 2019 as i want to reflect on every year in beauty to try to remember what happened overall in the year so for me i want to for me and for you i just want to reflect on what I felt the overall tone of the year was, what I feel like we learned about beauty, what I feel is the best collection release or the best launch, and which one was the worst. So let's start with theme of the year. 2019 seemed to be the year of the foundation shades. It was good on one hand, it was bad on one hand. On one hand, extending foundation shade ranges was not only important, but it was necessary it was crucial for the beauty community and the beauty space and the beauty industry to move forward in a better direction on the opposite end of that the con to that or the negative piece of that was i think that we we as the beauty community as beauty community members thought that more shades meant that it was inclusive more shades means that everyone's covered and the truth of that is that it doesn't just because you have more shades it doesn't mean that you're covering more people it doesn't mean that everyone is represented we saw uh, brands come out with up to a hundred shades of foundations but they may not have been shades that really ran the gamut from fair to deepest of deep A, a lot of times we were seeing foundation shade ranges in 30s and 40s but you were really still getting 35 of those 40 shades in one to two tones. And then you got undertones within those. So hues underneath those that were very well represented. And then you you got a few shades at the end. That's not really helping in terms of moving the community forward, moving the industry forward. It's not helping. It took, I believe, a whole year for me to really understand that we took only a half step forward instead of a full step forward. 2019, I was excited about more shades. And then I realized as launches were coming out that where I could have been the deepest shade in a range, there's now just one shade after me and that's not much of a an increase that's not much of a change i also saw that with foundation launches there may be in some brands 
Uh, particularly, I remember CoverGirl being one brand where I had a shade, but now I no longer have a shade because they took the shade that I was using, which was most of the time the deepest shade or the second to deepest shade, and they changed the tone of it and made it warm. And so now I don't have a shade at all. I think we have to be careful about when we hear a brand use a number as a marketing tool because that's what they're doing some brands used 40 shades 50 shades and then just made more fairer shades and everyone applauded them just because they saw the number i think something else that i'll probably talk about in my looking back at 2020 is a sort of secondary thing which well maybe third the first thing is that you know making shades and and coming out with a certain X number of shades to market as being inclusive is one thing. Two, availability of those shades is really important because you know, there's only certain space in stores and there are many foundations. Going back to CoverGirl, for example, the new, the color CoverGirl, it's, it's not a true, it's a true match. There are many shades of that foundation, but I often check when I go to different stores. So when I go to Target, when I go to Walmart, Kroger, if you're in the Midwest, those sorts of stores, I always check to see, well, what, how many of those shades are they keeping in stock? And most of the time, it's just the fairer shades. And this is not even in necessarily communities that are more, um, more homogenous and have just, I'm, I'm not talking about just black areas, quote unquote, or just white areas, quote unquote, it's, it's a problem everywhere. So accessibility is an issue. And then the third thing that I saw and I thought felt was really strange in 2020, and we'll talk about this later, is that what you see on the swatches and the promotional pictures are often not very true of what the shades are. And so I feel like that was step two. Step one was trying to convince beauty lovers that there were enough shades and there really weren't and then the step two of that was well let's try to convince them that these shades are deep enough and oftentimes they weren't i digress <laughs> back to the theme of the year i felt in 2019 the theme of the year was foundation shades number of foundation shades did that really push the community forward did that push the industry in a better way i don't know i think that it gave a false sense of um, progress to the community and I feel like it propelled the industry forward in in that they were getting more sales and more interest in their products without actually having to change very much the other thing that I thought was a theme of the year is influencer collabs I don't really talk a lot about influencer collaborations in the podcast, but if you are a beauty lover, you probably saw a lot of collaborations between a brand and an influencer or a brand and a celebrity. I think this, in 2019, I think was the end of the influencer brand or celebrity with brand collaborations. I think we're going to see, well, we did see that die out a little bit in 2020, and I think we'll continue to see that slow down because I think that influencers and celebrities are really more interested in starting their own brand and sort of cutting the middleman. A lot of these people have the ability to create connections with um, with manufacturers and with, um, you know, um, cosmetic chemists and things like that on their own so they don't necessarily need the brand to um, 
create an opportunity for them, they can create opportunities for themselves. So that's kind of what I felt in 2019 that we saw a lot of influencer collabs and celebrity collabs. We saw a lot of 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 foundation shades. That goes into what we learned. So that was kind of one in the same. I just want to keep in mind when I see new launches that number of foundation shades means nothing. It really is where is the the spread of the shades, what's the availability, and, and are the advertisements really representing the true look and shade of, of that product when it comes to foundation shades or any complexion product. Um, I think the best collection release of the year, hands down, was the Fenty Beauty bronzer line. We have yet to see another major brand come out with a bronzer collection that represents the people, the beauty lovers as well. Even within the Fenty Beauty bronzer line, there there still is improvement to be made. There are also um, smaller brands, quote unquote indie brands that have bronzers that are popular and should, you know, should be used and explored and pubbed up on social and all of that. But from a major brand, a Sephora brand, they had the best launch hands down. I think another winner, it's not a collection release, but more of a genre is in 2019, we saw a lot of more affordable skincare. And I think that's a huge win for um, the industry, the beauty industry, but also as like the, as a community, that's very helpful for us too, because Skincare is a huge part of how your makeup sits and what uh, ways you're able to either enhance or hide a feature that you may love or not like. Skincare can be really uh, expensive and a lot of the drugstore skincare that's available is base level, meaning like a basic cleanser, your basic sunscreen, nothing really extra. So it's really nice for people to really get into and invest in their own skincare and their skin health. And we saw brands like the Inky List uh, at Sephora, Revolution Skincare from the UK, they sell in the UK and the US. It really was a big win to start seeing affordable, quote unquote, affordable skincare come to the forefront of beauty. So I do think that that was a win. The worst collection, and I'll just end the podcast saying this, the worst collection was obviously the Jeffrey and Shane collection. I don't want to talk too much about it because I neither I support neither of them, but I think it was the worst collection release looking back on it now because I think that they did a cash grab it was very popular they sold a lot of makeup they sold a lot of merch and then they left their fans hanging there were no makeup tutorials by shane there were no um you know there was no you continued use and an interest in the collection once other than we sell out we go back in stock, we sell out again, we go back in stock. But but usually you see a passion for the products. When you see an influencer, a YouTuber, 
launch a collection, a collaboration collection, usually there's a few videos, they're wearing it in multiple social media posts, they're featuring it a lot because you see the passion and love they have for that um, collection that they did. This just seemed like a cash grab and it's unfortunate for fans of both of them because they're the ones who sort of missed out on getting to see the um, collaboration and love and passion for it. For me, there's no there's no investment in it because I didn't buy it. And like I said, I don't support those creators. So for me, it's nothing. But I feel bad for those who really thought that they were going to get this amazing collection, amazing collaboration, and they were going to be able to c connect with the with their favorites. And it really was just a cash grab. So that's it. That is everything that I can remember and from what I had in my notes about the releases from October through December 2019. Thank you for taking out your taking out time in your day to listen to this podcast and if you enjoyed it, please consider listening to other podcasts, uh, subscribing to New Belize on online. I have a, a few newsletters that I send out. I'm going to be really um, good about sending out my newsletters in 2020. So um, in 2020 and 2021 coming up right now, I'm recording this at the end of 2020. So um, I look forward to seeing you there. Also, you can catch me at at New Belize on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest. And I We'll talk to you soon. I hope that you have a good rest of the year. I will talk to you again next year, 2021. Bye.